Hello and welcome to week three of our series, The 800-Pound Gorilla, where we're talking about issues and topics. The thing that's in the room that we all know is there, yet no one wants to address. The 800-pound gorilla, it's intimidating, it's, it's strong, it's powerful, it's making us nervous, it's causing stress, worry, and anxiety. All month, we've been talking about some of these topics, and I encourage you, if you've missed any of these, you can check these out at CultivateChurch.tv and various other places. Throughout this year of 2020, we faced a lot of different issues. There's been so many different stressors and problems and circumstances that we've been facing together all year. But none of this is a surprise to Jesus. Even he told us himself that we would have trouble. We would have problems and issues in this world. All of this series is coming out of this verse of Scripture in John chapter 16, verse 33, that says this, In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. I titled your message today, COVID Christianity. Because throughout this season of COVID and the virus and all of the worries and stress and problems and fear, all of the sickness, all of the issues that have been wrapped around the virus that has happened to us this year, it's affected us as believers And I titled this message COVID Christianity because I believe it has revealed something about the Christian life that we are living. As a matter of fact, I think COVID has been the bruise of Christianity. A bruise on your body is an outward sign of an inward wound. See, the bruise is caused by damage that has taken place underneath the skin. It's not on top of the skin. No, it's hidden underneath, only revealed by the bruise. And if not for the bruise, you would never know that there is an inward wound. I believe in this Christian life that we're living, in the culture that we're walking in today, I believe that this season of COVID has shown a bruise on our Christianity. Even before 2020 and COVID-19, even before this pressure has hit the church and our Christian faith, we already noticed some trends that were happening in the Christian life. Did you know that 25% or one out of four people now identify as a follower of Christ? That's nearly half of the 45% that identified as followers of Christ in the year 2000. In just 20 years, nearly half of those who confess to be believers and followers of Christ are professing Jesus today. We know that the atheist or agnostic group has nearly doubled in the same time frame. From 11% of people to now 21% of people that would say that they don't believe in God or they're just unsure. We're noticing it in our local churches every Sunday when we open our doors and we gather to worship and we gather to serve those who would come and be a part of a Sunday morning worship experience. Did you know that people who used to attend church every week are now attending about three times a month? People who were around twice a month often now show up only once a month. And then those who would show up maybe once a month are now showing up maybe half a dozen times a year. Pastor Brennan, what are you saying? I'm saying that this season of pressure on the church, pressure on the Christian life, I believe it has revealed the health of our Christianity. COVID Christianity has become the bruise of our Christian life. And it has revealed some things that I think are alarming. And so today's message is a little challenging. I want to let you know up front 
It's going to challenge us in some areas of our life. I want to bring you three things that I think are ingredients that we need if we're going to have a virus vaccine, if we're going to overcome this struggle in our Christian life, in our Christian walk, if COVID Christianity has revealed some things about your walk with Christ, these are some ingredients that are going to help us today. Maybe you're watching and you're one of those that would say you're not following Jesus or, or you don't have a relationship with Christ. Well, I want to tell you that these are some things that will even challenge you in your life right where you are. Maybe it'll encourage you to seek out a relationship with Jesus today. Or maybe even it will encourage you just in the actions that you're taking in your life. So today, as we dive into the Word, I want to encourage you just to let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Don't let distraction get to you today because I believe this is a Word that God wants to speak to us to challenge us, especially as believers, as we walk out our Christian faith. But I want to pray for you today that God would speak to our hearts and He would speak to our lives. So let's pray together. Father, thank you for every person who's watching online. Thank you for all of my friends who are tuned in today. We're going into this today with open hearts and open open minds. We pray you open our ears that we hear you speak today. Open our mind that we understand what you say and our heart that we can retain it. Not to just be hearers of the word, but to be doers. Let us be transformed by the power of this word today. In Jesus' name, amen. So I have three ingredients today to overcome this virus. I have a virus vaccine for you. And if we're going to overcome this, if we're going to be able to walk out true, authentic Christianity and not COVID Christianity, Number one, you need conviction in your life. We have to have conviction if we're going to walk out a true, authentic relationship with God. Not cultural Christianity, not to just go into the habits or the routines of just getting it done or just checking a box. But if we're going to live out a true, authentic faith, we must have conviction in our life. Listen, a conviction is a firmly held belief. It guides our actions, and it guides our decisions, and it guides our direction. Your conviction is what you believe. It is your belief system. It is the core of what you think, which directs how you act, the things you say, and the decisions that you make. Our trending disengagement from the church, only amplified by the pandemic, is an alarming indication of the collapse of our convictions. I want to say that to you again because I believe that's powerful. Listen, our trending disengagement from the church. Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church. You and I are a representation of the bride of Christ, which is the church. Jesus gave his life for the church. The apostles, they gave their life for the foundations and the buildings of the church. We believe that today the church is the hope of the world. The church is not a building. It is not a logo. It is a people. You and I, we are the church of Jesus Christ and He is using us, He is calling us to live out the convictions of the Word of God. But our trending disengagement from the church, only amplified by the pandemic, is an alarming indication of the collapse of our conviction. If we're going to walk out this authentic Christianity, if we're going to have a vaccine for this, the virus that this pandemic has brought, in COVID Christianity, you got to have conviction. Look at what the Bible says. The Bible says this in Jude chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. It says, Dear friends, I had eagerly, I had been eagerly planning to write you 
about the salvation we all share. In other words, I wish we could just talk about all the good things. I wish we could just talk about what Jesus has done. But the writer says, but I now find that I must write about something else, urging you to defend the faith that God has entrusted once for all to His holy people. I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches, saying that God's miraculous grace allows us to live immoral lives. The condemnation of such people was recorded long ago, for they have denied our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. It's important to understand what the Bible is telling us. The writer of the Scripture is writing to God's people saying, Hey, look, I wish we could celebrate together. I wish we could just sit around and talk about the goodness of God and all that He's doing in our life. But unfortunately, I'm afraid I'm having to encourage you again not to let the deceiver come in and deceive you from living an authentic life in Jesus. I need to convict you about your beliefs and about your standards and about your foundation and not to let the falsehood of culture come in and rob you from an authentic walk with God. Don't let COVID Christianity take you away from an authentic walk with God. The convictions of your heart will determine the words of your mouth, the actions of your hands, and the fruit of your life. What you're convicted by and what you believe determines everything that we do, every action that we take, every motive of your heart, every decision that you make. It all comes from the convictions that are deeply rooted inside of your life. It really depends on your worldview, what lens you're seeing Christ through. Are you seeing Christ through the lens of, of Christianity and the Bible or are you seeing Christ through the lens of this culture? COVID Christianity would say the church is not important. It really doesn't matter that much. You don't need the local church. You don't need to have this relationship with other believers. You don't really need to serve Jesus every day and read your Bible every day. It's just as long as you prayed that prayer and, and you asked God not to send you to hell, then everything would be okay. But that's the convictions of your heart that will lead you in the wrong direction if your convictions are rooted in the wrong place. So today, I want to encourage you. I want to urge you to defend the faith that God gave to us. We need to know today that a disengagement from the Spirit is a re-engagement with the flesh. A disengagement from the Spirit is a re-engagement with our flesh. And if we don't walk in the convictions of God today, if you're not walking by the Word of God and the absolute truth of God, it will disengage you from the Spirit of God, therefore re-engaging you with the world that is around us. Don't re-engage with the flesh. Since this pandemic has happened, we have put many of us church on hold. Since the pandemic has happened and many of us have missed our time and our weeks and our routines in church, Many of us haven't prayed. Many of us haven't worshipped God. You haven't read your Bible. You haven't been connected to the Spirit of God. And because of that, this season you have disconnected from God and re-engaged with the flesh. We're seeing it in all the trends all around us. There are many reports and there are many different stats, but here are a few. Nationally, alcohol sales are up 250%. That's a problem. 
I know you're saying, well, Pastor, there's nothing wrong with, 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 with having a glass of this or that. Look, I'm not here to debate that with you, but I'm here to tell you this, that when we try to cope with substances over coping through the convictions of God in our life, we have a problem. When we disengage from the Spirit of God to re-engage with our flesh to feed ourselves and to provide for ourselves, there is a problem. We deem that alcohol sales and that liquor stores were essential, yet the church was non-essential. We have a problem when we disengage from the Spirit of God. It causes problem. Our mental health phone calls, people calling in to places for help with their mental health, their mental stability is up 800%, some reports would tell us. That means people are walking in depression. They're walking in grief. They're walking in anxiety. They're walking in uncertainty. They have disengaged from the presence of God to re-engage with our flesh. Listen, we understand that there are suicide rates that are up to a thousand percent. Some people are saying that there are spikes all across their cities, all across their states due to this pandemic. Those are national things, but right here at home in the state of Alabama, 62% increase in substance use. 58% of people say it's because of stress. 50% say it's because of anxiety or depression. 23% say it's because of boredom. My convictions lead me to the Spirit of God. But when we lose those convictions to walk in the truth of God, we end up in the flesh. So what do we do? How do we, how do we correct this? How do I correct my conviction? Here's the application. I want you to write down this statement. Switch your source. How do I, how do I correct this conviction of my life or the lack of or where I'm in the wrong place? I'm walking in COVID Christianity instead of walking in step with the Spirit. Well, you have to switch your source. If you have re-engaged with the flesh and disengaged from the Spirit of God, I want you today to reassess where your convictions are coming and switch your source. Rely on the wisdom from the Word, not the wisdom from the world. Listen, the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And if he can convince you that he has a better way, if he can convince you that the church is not important, if he can convince you that it's better to be at the lake on Sunday than to be in the house of God, if he can convince you that it's better to be at the beach every weekend, tucked in your covers every weekend, sitting in your recliner every weekend, if he can convince you today that it's just as good or better to sit in your uh, living room, in your pajamas, lay in your bed, and just watch church online rather than engage with the church, then he will convince you to disengage from the Spirit of God and re-engage with the flesh. Listen, my conviction tells me this, that Jesus is my source. He's my source of healing. He is my source of hope. He is my provider. He is my peace. He is my redeemer. He is my rock and He is my Savior. My convictions tell me that Jesus is everything. There's no saying this as if it's not broke, don't fix it. But I would tell you this, if it's broke, fix it. If your convictions are not leading you to the presence of God, and the things of God, and the wisdom of God, then you need to switch your source. Today, the enemy wants you to walk in COVID Christianity. Bow in fear, 
Bow in worry, bow in depression, bow to substance abuse, bow to, uh, to an unstable mental life, an unstable emotional life, an unstable marriage, an unstable existence in your job. Listen, let the conviction of God today grab your heart and direct you back to the things of God. This virus vaccine begins with your convictions. My convictions say that Jesus is the source. And today I need him more than I've ever needed him before. And I need the local church. And I need an authentic walk with Jesus. Number two, you need commitment. Your, your, your convictions, once you're convicted by something, then it will begin to lead you in your commitments. Let's go into what the Bible says in Jude chapter 1, verse 5. Here's what it says. So I want to remind you, Though you already know these things, that Jesus first rescued the nation of Israel from Egypt, but later he destroyed those who did not remain faithful. Man, this is a powerful verse of Scripture. I need us to understand this today. We have bought into this COVID Christianity that it really doesn't matter how you live, that it really does not matter the decisions that you make, that all it's about is maybe showing up to church every once in a while, maybe on a holiday or maybe when you need something from God. The COVID Christianity would tell us that as long as you pray to prayer, everything is okay. But let me tell you something, if we're not walking in commitment to our conviction, the Bible tells us that even though he rescued the children of Israel, this is an Old Testament story, this was God's chosen people that God did miracles for to rescue, even the people that he rescued, because they did not remain faithful or walk in their commitment to God. What does the Bible say? It says he destroyed those who didn't remain faithful. Say, why would God do that? Why would God let that happen? I thought God loved us. These people did not remain faithful. They were not committed to the convictions of God. Therefore, their disobedience closed the door to blessing in their life. It's obedience that opens the door to blessing. You hear me say it all of the time. Church, I'm encouraging you today. You have to be committed. This is life and it is death. It is our eternity. Life is shaped by our commitments. We become whatever we are committed to. Think about that. Life is shaped by our commitments. We become what we are committed to. And I want you to know something today. 50% commitment is still uncommitted. Listen, I couldn't convince my wife that I could be committed 50% of the time to my marriage. I couldn't convince my wife, well, if I come home 50% of the time, isn't that good enough? If I say that, well, I love you 50% of the time, I'll be faithful 50% of the time. I'll father my son 50% of the time. I'll provide for a home 50% of the time. Isn't that enough? No, 50% commitment is still Uncommitment. Post-COVID conditions. Listen, the state of the church all across the country has been affected by COVID Christianity. Now, I understand that there are many who have sickness, and you're being very cautious. I, I totally understand that. I understand you're taking care of family who are sick, and, and you're being cautious. I understand that. 
But for many of us, we've allowed our convictions to disengage from the Spirit, re-engage to the flesh. Therefore, our commitments are failing us. Did you know that all across the country, the return rates to our churches are between 10 and 30%? 32% of people have quit church. They're not attending church online, and they're not attending church in person. Where did they go? They lost their conviction. They have let go of their commitment, and now they are totally disengaged. 50% of millennials are not even watching church online. They're the most accustomed to technology and all of the resources and tools that we have, yet 50% of those are not even connecting to church online. These are all people who were once very convicted by the things of God, very committed to the things of God, who've now slipped into a COVID Christianity. And I want to challenge you today, if you're watching this online, if you're listening by podcast and you're going, man, that's me, I feel, I feel guilty. Listen, let me tell you, don't feel guilty by it. I'm just here today just to remind us of what God wants for us. I just want to remind you that even the people that God rescued, that He loves, because of their disobedience and their lack of commitment, they missed the promised land. So what do we do here? How do we overcome this? How do we cure or correct our commitment? Well, if you are curing your, correcting your, your, your commitment, this is what you do. You count the cost and you carry your cross. You count the cost and you carry your cross. The Bible tells us this in Luke chapter 14. It says, a large crowd was following Jesus. And he turned around and said to them, If you want to be my disciples, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brothers, your sisters, yes, even your own life. This is some deep commitment. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? How do I correct my commitment? You count the cost and you carry your cross. Jesus called for great commitment. To those who were going to follow after Him, to those who were going to walk in Christianity, to those who were going to be representations of the hands and the feet and the voice and the presence of Jesus, He called them to great commitment. Today, I am unashamedly calling you to great commitment. There is nothing greater that you could commit your life to than the local church. There is nothing greater than you could give your purpose in than the local church. There's no business. There's no outing. There's no hobby. There's no good time. There's no nap. There's no breakfast in bed. There's no watching on TV. There is nothing that can replace the very presence of God with the people of God in the place of God. It's all through Scripture. The Bible says don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. This is not just about going to church, to a location. It's about us being the church, coming together, walking in the convictions of God being committed to the things of God that are important to Him. Count the cost. Take up your cross and follow Him. Be committed. It takes conviction. It takes commitment. And then number three, it's your calling. This virus vaccine is in your 
calling. Listen to what the Bible says. And you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. We're going to do this in mercy. We're all in this together. But 23 says, rescue those, rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy to steal others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. Church, we will walk in mercy. Yet, when there are flames burning around us, even though there is danger, even though it is not safe, even though it is difficult, even though it will cost you something, my conviction says that the world needs me, that Jesus has called me, and I am committed to the things of God. Therefore, I will walk in the calling of God. I'm convicted by what He says. I'm convicted by what Jesus did for me. I want to be committed to that. Therefore, my commitment causes me to walk in my calling. Listen, this is powerful today. Walk in mercy. Listen, we're going to be gracious and we're going to be merciful. I understand it's been a difficult season. You feel like you have been used and abused. You've been through so much. You have maybe relapsed in some areas. Maybe your family is just in turmoil because of the stress of this season. Your kids are going crazy because of the stress of this season. But listen, let me tell you something. You're called. You're called by God with a great purpose. And that's why we have to walk in this calling in order to overcome this this lazy Christian cultural life. So how do I correct my calling? Write this down. You need to smell like smoke. It needs, to, it needs to be permeating from your very existence. What does that mean, Pastor Brandon? The Bible says we need to snatch others from the flames. Listen, the Bible says do so with great caution, hating sin that contaminates their lives. So we rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. We need to be in there in the lives of people, serving people so that we are saving them from the very flames of judgment. Because if my conviction is not connecting me to the Spirit of God, it is re-engaging me to the world around me and to the flesh Therefore, my commitment is less than what God wants it to be, and I will not walk in my calling if I am not committed to the convictions of my life. So when you put your convictions in place and your commitments in place and you walk in your calling, you're going to smell like smoke because you're going to be right there in the midst of people, snatching them from the flames of judgment. Listen, when I was in seventh grade, I was, I was not quite as tall as I am today. Many of you know me, I'm not that tall, but I was even shorter in seventh grade. I was shorter than most of the people in my class. And for whatever reason, as a new kid in high school, seventh grade, I befriended this guy named Jason McClendon. He was 16 years old and still in seventh grade. I believe I was 12, and he was about six foot five, a big guy. And I don't know why he chose to be friends with me. But he befriended me, and everywhere we went, I mean, he was like this big personal bodyguard. I remember one day we were on the bus, and there were some kids goofing off, and he thought that they were being mean to me, and he stood up, and he told them that they better not mess with me, and they better not bother me at all. 
Listen, I was so overwhelmed that I was 12 years old, this little guy, and I had this six foot five, 16 year old bodyguard. Listen, he was there to help me. He was there to protect me. It didn't matter what come against me. I knew that all I had to do was point to the big six foot guy, five guy behind me who was 16 years old and still in the seventh grade. Let me tell you something. There's a world of people around us that are those 12-year-olds in this big, uncomfortable world, and they just need somebody to stand on their behalf. People are hurting. This season has been more than difficult. This season has challenged us as believers, as Christians. The enemy has had his work cut out to divide and distract us, to remove us from relationship, to take us out of our, our place of the presence of God because our routines have been stopped and many of us have become discouraged and we have disengaged from the things of God. Therefore, we have re-engaged with our flesh. And so today I'm challenging you not to let your convictions settle, not to let your, your commitments fall, and don't miss out on the calling of God. The Lord wants us to smell like smoke so that we make a difference in the lives around us. Maybe you're watching today and, and you'd say, you know what? I never even had a relationship with God and I am struggling. I'm trying to navigate this all by myself. Well, I want you to know today, unashamedly, Jesus is the answer. There is nothing else you can do. You can try to cope with substances. You can try to cope with relationships. You can try to cope with anything that you can find as a substitute. But Jesus is the only thing that will satisfy. He is the vaccine for this virus. Today, you need Jesus, and I want to pray for you. And then I know many of us are watching, and you are struggling. You are hurting. You are walking through a difficult season. Today, you just needed to be reminded. You needed today to know that God still loves you and He's still with us. And the 800-pound gorilla in the room is that maybe we've disengaged and we feel like we've gone too far. But I want to pray for you today to reignite your convictions, your commitments, and your calling. So, Father, right now, I pray for my friends who are watching who are listening. I pray right now for any person that does not have a relationship with you. Say it with me wherever you are. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for loving me and for laying your life down for me. Today, Jesus, I accept your sacrifice. I commit my life to you to love you and to learn to live my life for you. Thank you for salvation today, Jesus. Thank you, God, for what you're doing right now. I pray for all of my friends who are just struggling today, who have disengaged. God, I pray that today would be a moment that we would commit everything fresh to you. We will not live a COVID Christianity. No, we devote everything to you because you have loved us, because you have given for us. And Father, you still love us in the midst of where we are. So we reevaluate our life our convictions and our commitments and our callings and we give those back to you today is a marker in our life 
that we will not be the same and that we will forever live our life sold out passionately in love with you. Thank you, God, for what you've done for us today. And it's in Jesus' name, amen.